if anybody gonna answer Alberto Del Rio U.S. Open Challenge, it's gonna be me, the truth. What? What's he Truth. There is no U.S. Open Challenge. My bad. What was y'all out here talking about? The Royal Rumble match? How can I get in there? Okay, okay, okay. Is there an entry fee? Because the way my account is set up, I have to check no, in. No, 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 no. There is, is there, no there entry fee. No. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! His mother named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and assist me. I cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War game! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. I'm a little upset about a bad sexual episode I had last night, but the show must go on because it's Wednesday. You know what that means. Top of Wrestling is back with a brand new episode. Season 3 is still diving deep into the Monday Night Wars that was 25 years ago this week. Uh, And of course, you know, if you're a little confused by why I wanted to let you guys know about last night, we always open and close with our movie quote of the week. Last week, it was the dude, Big Lebowski. Dude, 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 looking out my back door. Right, that's the one song I didn't get to sing last week. But I am really happy that everybody is here to join us. Thank you if you are listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Remember to always subscribe, like, and share. Now, before we even bring in our co-host, one thing I gotta say is we love to have you know people that we get to give shout-outs to, like we did uh, last couple of weeks to ODM Junior, which I hope he's getting ready for All Out. I can't wait, man! Fire up the popcorn, I'm ready. But this week we already have made a couple of friends ourselves, and all I had to do was take one little trip into Rochester. So I'm excited to talk about that in a couple of moments. But ladies and gentlemen, the co-host of the Top of Wrestling Podcast, ODM. Nothing can stop the claw. Ooh, you're scared of the claw. <laughs> Watch out. Dude, how awesome is it that somehow we have two Carrie Elway's show or movies in this season? How cool is yeah. that that he's in both? I was like, oh, wow. We already had. As soon as I saw him in this, I go, Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing the Saw movies, though, so that takes that one out of it. 
<laughs> that that certainly does. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite quotable movies for several reasons. You know, there's just so many favorite ones, but of course, what we will get to them at some point, just blurting them out, whether they fit in or not, because that's how shit goes down here on the top of wrestling. And obviously, next week we will be having uh, NWA with his good shit of the week. But this week, of course, opposite of that, as always, is our top topic. A couple of weeks ago, we did the top 25 wrestling matches at SummerSlam. This week, it is the top 10 SummerSlam events of all time. Kind of a fun list to go through and see the cards. And, you know, some were good on paper, but then some were shit in the, in the ring, you know. So it was a lot to look at, but... I think everyone's probably going to agree on number one. I think you probably wouldn't be shocked as to what number one is. But, man, first, I got to say, if uh, if I don't give a whole lot of energy, which I feel like I already am, or if I sound like I'm under the influence, it's because I had a tooth pulled just yesterday. It was my doctor's, uh, Dr. Isaac Yankum. And, uh, and Yankum, he did. And motherfucker, I'm in some pain. So if I sound a little odd today, that's what it is. <laughs> we'll run with that's it. That's our excuse this week. This week, that's our excuse. <laughs> Dude, but prior to having my tooth taken out of my face, this past Friday night, can, I, it's kind of to do with wrestling, right? Well, I come to town. Yeah, it did. Well, in the end. So... I want to give you guys my point of view real quick as to what went down. I came back to Rochester for my first time in a couple of years and played a show at my favorite bar, Flower City Station. Awesome sound. Awesome friends. Awesome uh, crew. Everybody who was there, the bartenders, everybody had a great time. I loved it. It was a four-hour fucking show. I was pouring sweat by probably, what would you say, song three or maybe three minutes into the first song, it was hot. Yeah, it was a few minutes into the uh, the first song that you basically <laughs> ditched the flannel like, fuck this. Yeah, I mean, what was the point of that? We all know I do cut off. What was the point of that? And, of course, I came donning the mafia-style uh, tuxedo shirt. So from my view of the stage, I see ODM. I see Mrs. ODM. I see Mrs. Professor. I see a lot of people out there, right? We got a lot of friends. Uh, and I do have a friend that... That came to the show. Her name is Gwen. And we, we went to high school together and worked together as well. And I see that her boyfriend happens to be sitting next to you. Yeah, I'll let you take it from there. All right. So, yeah, this was a fucking crazy night. So, yeah, I walk in. Got my Bullet Club shirt on. Figured I'd represent, you know. Got to be a Mark for Mark. So, Sit down at the bar. I, th I don't even know if I had ordered my drink at this point. I certainly didn't have it yet. And this guy, you know, Gwen's boyfriend, uh, turns to me and says, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love the shirt, dude. And he throws up the too sweet. And we both do the too, you know, it's cool. D don't take this. You next always know you're in good company when just someone does the too <laughs> sweet. <-y. laughs> Not to cut you off. I just want to say when I was walking through Rochester, I was heading to Dinosaur to meet a couple of uh, coworkers. Uh-huh. I had my shirt on that said, wrestling is real, people are fake. And this dude goes, yo, that is the shit, man. You can be at the show at uh, AEW in September. I'm like, just awesome how we can all come together off of a t-shirt. Yep. 
God love wrestling. All right, go ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, so then, uh, you know, I crossed paths with him in the men's room, and it, we, he just started. He's like, yeah, I'm a wrestler. I'm like, what? What's your name? So shout out to Tiger Smith, uh, UWC. Uh, but definitely looked him up. I was like, oh, shit, this guy's legit. All right. So we meet up back at the bar and we're talking. He's like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm an indie wrestler. You know, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I've done this. I've been doing it for like, you know, 30 years. And, you know, I don't think it was 30 years, but, you know. So, you know, he shows me some highlights of some matches. Uh, had a couple of real nice German suplexes, a release one, too. That was beautiful. Um, he goes, yeah, you know, uh, you know, so I told him about the podcast. And he said, oh, you know, I do one every once in a while, you know, not as much as I'd like to. He's like, hey, you want to do one now? I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. So I go back to drink. I'm not thinking of nothing. Meanwhile, the professor is singing his heart out, <laughs> and you're like, "We're gonna go talk wrestling." I'm doing business, it's been man. Two and a half years since this, man. I know. Hey, man. You know what? I was doing business. You were doing business. We were all doing business. Tiger, all of us. By the way, I just got to say, if anybody does end up looking him up, very Keith Lee esque. I mean, build. I mean, he has just the the very strong. Big man build. You know what I'm talking about? The the Bronson Reeds, the mm-hmm. Keith Lee. Someone you do not want to fuck with. I actually and... thought he was Samoan. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> so, all right, go ahead, please. Yes, you end up doing a podcast, uh, which we got to end up sharing to our page. I end up listening to on the way home from my gig that night. It, w- it was fantastic. But, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, I really didn't think much of it, you know, um, <laughs> because... You know, I just figured, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll have a couple more beers, and we'll forget that that was ever said. Uh, no, a, a few minutes later, he just starts talking into his phone, and I'm like, what? Uh, so we decided to step outside real quick, uh, and he's asking about the show, and I you know, tell him it's, it's ODM Joe Rizzo. He's like, oh, Joe Rizzo, isn't that from, and, you know, because I get this all the time. It's like, no, that's Frank Rizzo. You're thinking of the Jerky Boys, you know. And he goes, you know, I got an Uncle Sam Rizzo. I'm like, basketball coach, right? <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. I'm like, is it the the one that's alive or the one that's dead? Because there were two Aranda Quite basketball coaches that were Sam Salvatore Rizzo. One has passed away. One is my uncle, which is the husband of his aunt. So this wrestler that I just met at doing a, pod, a podcast with me randomly at your show is my cousin by marriage. I hate to steal it from Bray, but I got the whole <laughs> world at my show. <laughs> Dude, how awesome is that? And we kept saying it. We're like, what the fuck are the odds that not only, hey, man, we got a wrestling fan. We know that I knew Gwen was going to be showing. She told me, which was awesome. I was, I was excited to be seeing her and meeting her boyfriend to find out that. And I think she, she did tell me that he was a wrestler, but to find out even more that you guys are family. And now we've all decided to join up in uh, a, a league that's going to be starting really soon. Dude, it was just an awesome night. I was like, I came here to put on a show, and there was so much more. I got, I'm like, wow. I, I was going to propose a, a fantasy league thing that we're doing privately and stuff, and, and I was going to tell you about it. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, man, so uh, Tiger's my cousin, and uh, I'm in the league. <laughs> Yeah. I remember the look. You call me over to the stage, and you're like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that dude, that's my cousin. We're, we're doing fan. And the look on your face, you're like, it was it You go, was oh, jubilation. we also just recorded a podcast. Yeah, that's I was right. like, well, I'm just taking a break, man. I was I was already gone two hours on that stage, and I had to go change a string, and I just wanted to make sure I could introduce you guys. No, 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 no. You guys had it under control. So 
Flower City was a great weekend, oh. man. It was awesome for us. It was a great show, honestly, on my own end. It, not in a cocky way. I mean, like, I felt on. It was a good show. It was just one of those shows where, yeah, I had a couple of botches here and there. But overall, uh, it was great to see so many awesome people out there. Mrs. ODM was having a motherfucking blast. Oh, yeah. Let me just say that right Absolutely. now. Um, I was so glad to see her out. Um, yeah, it was awesome. But then even more so. Wrestling fans, man. And we have multiple wrestling fans. Actually, uh, Cashman of the Pain Clinic yep. actually yeah, stopped saw out yeah. as well. Yeah, so him. it was awesome to see so many really uh, old friends that I haven't seen in a while. So thank you guys so much. On with the wrestling. Oh, no, hey, no. Man, what happened oh, this? No, there's, no more. there's more. There's more. There's actually oh, stuff shit, that you there's don't more. know about. Okay, so uh, I love. Have I been I replaced? When, I love when I shouted out Hurricane. <laughs> Is it the Tiger and ODM show? Yeah, no, not even the Tiger. <laughs> so I, I love when I shout out Hurricane, and you're like, "Ooh!" and you start playing it. Somebody else in the crowd said something usually, and you're like, "No, it's Dylan." <laughs> so it, was great. it was Tiger. Because he oh, wanted Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Earlier in the night, I gave uh, him Say It Ain't So by Weezer. Okay. Um, again, none of this has to do with wrestling, but this is fun for us. But he it, it, he goes, come on, man, Kryptonite. And I go, I don't think I can remember all the chords. And he goes, no, I'll sing it for you. Not the same. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, and then you go, Hurricane. I, and I just go, boom, doom, doom. I just start hitting. And he goes, come on. I go, it's Dylan, man. Like, <laughs> so... Going back to the podcast uh, that we did briefly with Tiger. Wait, I will say another great line of the night. Good friends of mine who came out, one man, uh, Scott and Heather, they came out. I haven't seen them in a while. Scott has had surgery recently. Yeah. So they, when they were taken off early, I was soaked, right? Again, it was just pouring sweat. Jeans and a tank top, but I was, you know, my arms were looking like I kept dipping them in water every five minutes. and Or like I had baby oil on, did I? And... <laughs> I, I, and I go to say goodbye to them. I go, thank you so much. And Heather reaches up like she wants to get a hug. I go, if I touch you, I'm going to get you wet. Again, <laughs> phrasing. And both of them start laughing. We all start laughing, man. So it was a good part of the night. And I just want to say I couldn't have been smiling anymore by the end of the night. And you and I got together. But wait, there is more. Are you talking about the video? Well, there's the video and then there's a bonus piece of news. So... So yeah, so uh, okay, video first. Uh, yep. So uh, along with uh, the impromptu podcast that I did with Tiger, uh, we shared that to our social media, Twitter and uh, Facebook. So you can find that there uh, if we can get it elsewhere. That'd be great. Uh, so check that out for sure. But also on our social media, on both Facebook and Twitter, maybe even Instagram. Uh, at the end of the night, I for some reason was thinking about that video of Finn Balor chopping people in Japan and the restaurant, and I was like, you know what? How often am I going to get the chance? To have get a chop from a wrestler, so my drunk ass. Is, oh, I was like, I'll do it for you anytime. Never mind. A wrestler. Yeah, no, that <laughs> like, doesn't I'll count. Beat the shit out of your chest, dude. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know why? I'm an inconsiderate prick. <laughs> I hold myself in contempt. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Because you know why? If not, you're gonna bend over and take it up the tailpipe. All right, get back. Get back into what happened at the end of the night here. So uh, there is video uh, that Mrs. Odium was nice enough to record, and uh, it is of me taking a chop and a pretty fucking lethal one, man. He knocked me back. The best part was I didn't even realize that there were just random people out there, and they're just sitting there having a conversation. And next thing you know, you hear slap, and you hear the wind get knocked out of me. Oh, my God. It was something else. The video is amazing because they showed this to me because this happened, I think, 
I may have had a couple songs left, or unless you did it directly after the show. It might have been I'm right sure after which the one show. it was. Yeah, while you were finishing up, you know. Well, I ended up uh, watching the video. Motherfucker hit you so hard he went out of the entire screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. That was my favorite part. I go, yo, he's gone. He disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> That's one hell of a chop. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, but all right. So, and and when you had more news, yeah. Yes. So, so there's one more, and it was just a little thing again, not wrestling, but uh, I think at this point Tiger might have left, but uh, uh, Mrs. Professor came over uh, to give us a hug goodbye, and after she hugs my wife, she backs up, she goes, "Wow, I love your boobs," and just started touching my wife's titties. <laughs> we all are close kind of here in the show well wives are we're not anyway not that close <laughs> <we> fist bump <laughs> okay wow that just took a weird dark turn man <laughs> all right that's just something ugly people say right. <laughs> wait who's the ugly person me no, no, I'm just... <laughs> no, I got you, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All right, man. So needless to say, it was a crazy night. You know what else? It was a, a pretty crazy uh, wrestling week for uh, for news, and we'll start with the uh, the shittiest piece of news, which is uh, Bobby Eaton. <laughs> 15 minutes in. All right, we're going to talk wrestling. Here we go. Yeah, right. And we're going to start with Bobby Eaton <laughs> passing away at 62. Uh, damn shame. Uh, I've talked about it before. He's the first wrestler I remember, you know, not as a kid. That's the first name I remember. Uh, I did listen to, you know, Cornette did a show, and... God, it was brutal. Uh, obviously, you know, Cornette very close with Bobby Eaton. Um, and it was a was rough he show. choking up? Oh, like, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, definitely all Damn. the beginning. He said they already tried recording once and they had to scrap it. He said didn't know if they would get through this one. Uh, and at the beginning and the end is when he got, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was rough. Uh, once it lightened up, you know, they were able to reminisce and have some laughs and, you know, it got a little bit better. But, uh, you know, they do a lot of fan submissions with music and somebody did a... Uh, Bobby Eaton tribute song and it was brutal. It was brutal. So yeah, Man. pretty shitty. Uh, one of the uh, guys in the locker room that apparently everybody loved. Yeah, and I, I all the tweets I've been seeing. I mean, you're coming from a lot of the not just the wrestlers that were your mainstays of your Triple H's and this and that. I'm talking like a lot of people came out. Um, out on Twitter talking about how he influenced their career. So, And we've been seeing him just recently at, at, on our uh, Monday Night Wars, yeah. too. You know, with... Uh, William Regal. So it's, it's Stephen Regal. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. We'll get that one out of the way, though. It's uh, sad. You know what else is sad? We don't do sad well. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Um um, Condolences. Use my next movie quote. I'm just not good, man. <laughs> it's only out of sheer morbid curiosity that I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I object. It's your witness. <laughs> uh, well, you know, another thing that, that is pretty sad is the state of affairs, uh, specifically uh, mm. in NXT. Uh, more releases, uh, I believe. 12 in total. Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Mercedes Martinez, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stephen Smith, Tyler Rust, Zechariah Smith, Asher Hale, and Giant Zangier. Obviously, some of those less familiar with some of us, but the big names, uh, you know, Fish, 
Reed, Martinez, uh, even Atlas and Leon Ruff, I think, you know, it was about time. And Tyler Rust as well. Yeah. He's been pushed recently, too. Yep. So, so uh, this all really... Whose who's call was this? Uh, well, I mean, ultimately, it was uh, WWE. Uh, they were the call of uh, Vince. Which was... McMahon. Yeah, Vince. Yep. Uh, with influence Triple H from- and HBK had no influence in this. From every report that you're reading, yep. it was all uh, Vince, Bruce, and, and John, John Laurinaitis. Yep. You know what? You know, McMahon is old. <laughs> he should have been out of the game years ago, but he can't stay at home because he hates his wife. You met her. She's a politician at the Christmas party. She's the one to get plastered and calls him a fucking asshole. And Johnny Ace, he's the biggest brown nose I've ever seen. He's got his head so far up McMahon's ass, I can't tell where he ends and he begins. Perfect. Nailed it. Thank you. I'm going <laughs> to give it an eight. So, <laughs> hey, man, I've been waiting for that all week. As soon as I heard about the releases or whatever that was, and I go, oh, McMahon's old. <laughs> yeah. He's got to get out of the fucking game. Yeah, well, and I mean, here's... How do you take your most recent North American champion, Bronson Reed, fired? Bobby Fish, your most probably top-selling NXT merchandise in Undisputed Era, right? I'm not saying just Fish. I'm saying with them. Right. Get rid of him. Okay, I will give one person credit. NWA said the words on the side. Mm. Bobby Fish is injury prone. He sure is, man. Yep. Remember, as soon as he was in the War Games match, I go, ah, oh, put him in bubble wrap. This is not going to end well. It and it didn't, right? Yeah. It, it didn't. <laughs> Fuck, I hope that we're never right about Phoenix. Um, so I don't know, man. It's the, the people that they got rid of. Mercedes Martinez. All right, so I feel like the writing was kind of on the wall there once the call up to WWE with retribution then back down to NXT right out the window. Now, you and NWA brought it up. Let's talk about it. Do they have 90 or 30 day contracts? I ask this because after Malachi Black showed up on TNT only 30 days after his do you think they adjusted everybody's contract even on the way out or is it it was what it was and there's nothing they can do at this point? We'll get rid of people like Fish. We don't care where he goes. People like this, that, that, that. We don't care where they end up. Do you think it's a 30 day? Yeah, I mean, I base that all on the Malachi Black thing. Uh, I, I doubt it. I think if there were contract negotiations or renegotiations or restructuring, they would have that, that would have come out, I would think. Uh, and they're probably thinking that, you know, what? if they want to take them, they can take them. Uh, so I'm guessing it's 30 days. Uh, I certainly could be wrong. I'm sure we'll hear more uh, as the days go on. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is part of a bigger plan, uh, and it's not good. It's not looking good. Uh, Mike Johnson, PW Insider. I hate to keep saying. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I you're about to say the PW Insider to get right back to that, please. But I want to say we keep saying the whole it seems like WWE is going out of business. They are cutting a lot of people at a time when you're going back on the road and having live events. Wouldn't you want to have more people? I, that's just my own perspective. Uh, you cannot be that much under the water that you have to start firing all these people. Or people just aren't making enough money for their liking. 
I mean, and that and that, okay. and that speaks more to the main roster because NXT is a different ball of wax. Um, it, it's 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 less about less about money. Money obviously is still is still part of it, uh, but basically, there's been a lot of talk of major changes, uh, including a new logo, new lighting, and a focus on younger talents and a different format to the TV show. Like that's what they're planning. And do you have the uh, the number or not numbers or the description or stats that they were looking for? No one that's in there. Do you have that? that? Yeah, Meltzer quote Meltzer quotes a source as saying that the direction is in line of quote no more midgets, no one starting in their thirties. They want people that can be box office attractions and main characters. End quote. Um, and then, you know, there's the whole Adam Cole thing. Uh, you know, Adam Cole would be an exception to that role. If Adam Cole stays with WWE, he's going right to the main roster. There's no confusion about that. Uh, the, and Why? So he can drown in everyone else, with everyone else, like Shinsuke yep. and uh, name them. <laughs> name yeah, them. yeah, we could it's do this all day. Just, uh, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, I think the last rumor that I saw is that he met with Vince. Vince is very high on him, and they made him an offer, and he accepted um, but I don't know if that's true. That's just it rumor mill It was shit. accepted? That it, he did okay, accept the WWE right. contract. But that's all rumor mill shit. That's not like reliable source or anything like that. I just read it on a dirt sheet somewhere on Twitter. So, um, yeah, so take it for okay. what it's worth. But Let's, for the moment, out of everybody that was released, looking at him, I'm only going to just right now focus on AEW because let's be honest, everybody can talk their shit and say, well, it's not a competition. Blah, blah. Cody in his own promo said, we're no, we're not an alternative. We are competition. He said that right before his, uh, po- in his post-match promo this week. We'll get to that. But I don't think that if, if WWE is like, well, you only want people who are under 30 and all six foot seven, you know, or, or, well, actually, they're probably looking for someone who's more, like, you know, 6'2", 180 pounds, big teeth, kind of gangly. You know, no, not necessarily. That's just the movie. <laughs> I, I, If they're going in that direction where they want to have all those big guys, the wrestling world wants what AEW is giving you. So now that I'm, I, I say all that, who, out of all the people that are released, do you think should go to AEW? And who do you think just will? It's tough because they're not obviously shy about signing people, especially ex-WWE talent. So um, I think Jake Atlas would be a good one. You know, you could even put him on Dark or Elevation or Rampage. Uh, He doesn't need to be on the main show. He's certainly somebody that's young enough, and uh, at least I think he's young enough, uh, but he's definitely got the tools. Uh, You know, maybe hopefully a little bit of rebranding. I'll do him some good. Uh, I think that would be a good one. Mercedes Martinez, just to bulk up your uh, women's division, that would be another solid slam dunk because uh, uh, the rumor is that Ruby's going to be going there too. So, If that happens, if Ruby goes there and Mercedes goes there, no pun intended, I'm all in yeah. on the women's division, finally. And, you know, go back a couple seasons ago, we're like, God damn, just scrap it all. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, uh, I could also see Mercedes Martinez maybe going to NWA, but there's also the crossover promotions that are already going on with both shows, so that's maybe one and the same, which could be cool. I don't... I kind of feel like a Bronson Reed is going to maybe end up in a Ring of Honor. 
That would make sense. Bobby Fish is either AEW bound only to be in a stable, kind of like just like the masked villain, some shit that comes in, he reveals himself. Could be for uh, the Pinnacle. Maybe he's, you know, maybe even possibly for Inner Circle. I doubt it, but I could see him joining Inner Circle. Or, no, I'm sorry, the Pinnacle. But I could actually see Bobby Fish going back to Ring of Honor. Yeah, absolutely. I think Fish and Bronson Reed going back there would be great. Jake Atlas, I I agree with you. Him and Leon Ruff, I think, could be a very, and even Kona Reeves, could be great for your like you said, your AEW Dark. Because now that you got Rampage, you have uh, Dynamite, you have to make sure that Dark is going to still be filled as well. Wouldn't be a bad thing to take on those other guys. I really don't know shit about Zachariah Smith, Asher Hale, or Giant Zangier, so I can't really comment on them. So wherever they end up, good for you. There you go. Best of luck and condolences. And if not, if I never talk to you again, good. I'll see you later, dickhead. (laughs) Boom, I am on fire today. Woo! Love it. I guess your tooth ain't hurting that bad, huh? No, it is. Actually, well, it could be the mixture of painkillers and chicken, chicken nuggets. nuggets yeah. And, yeah. And we'll do that. Dry socket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Uh, stop breaking the law, asshole. Um, so, uh, Raw... I sped. I no, no, no. That gives it way too much. <laughs> raw the that's last, a giveaway. Raw the last week. Uh, last week, uh, you know, our, our our prior uh, episode. Uh, and, you know, we obviously we talked a lot about the whole Bray Wyatt thing, and there's all the speculation about CM Punk. Uh, apparently, Raw was hijacked by CM Punk and Bray Wyatt chance, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of hot takes on this, but I want to call out one in particular, and that's from Ronda Rousey, who apparently just doesn't get it. Um, because her response on Twitter was, I've seen you same quote fans chanting, we want Wyatt last night, like chanting, we want beach balls over Bray Wyatt performing. If WWE treated him like he was expendable it was because you ungrateful idiots did it first. Uh, you're wrong. You're wrong. Because I think the people chanting, we want beach balls over his match. Aren't the people that wanted to see him succeed and be a top notch star. So, uh, I just think you're wrong, and it's a hot take from somebody who likes to give hot takes. Yeah. I, it, you're pregnant, and you're not coming back to and I don't mean that in any fucking way. That sounded really <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, you're pregnant, yeah, that was you. a weird one. <laughs> Hang on, no. I mean, you're pregnant, you're not coming back to wrestling anytime soon, and I don't think actually there's a good chance that you probably ever will. With the way that you talk so much shit, there's a better chance of her going back to UFC, I think, than ever of coming back to WWE, so fuck you, Rousey. Yep, there we go. You're the reason Becky had a shitty pin. You lifted your shoulder, bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Call that pulling a, ho- pulling a Hogan on her. Um, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, the last thing we'll talk about before we get into some results that we want to go God over. God damn, I am pouring buckets right now. I'm doing Still, this on maybe it's the in-laws back porch. No, but like, <laughs> it, I'm on the in-laws back porch and it's hot as fuck out here. Yeah. There's no ventilation. You're basically in a greenhouse. I am in a greenhouse. Yeah. Oh, there's chicken. <laughs> All right, what other news you got? WWE uh, has a history of not letting former talents use their real names. See Cody Rhodes. Cody Rose. 
<laughs> That's twice. We're on point today. Uh, Chelsea Green's the latest one. Um, apparently, uh, they were f- filing a trademark, uh, WWE was, so Chelsea couldn't use her real name. Uh, she's talked about it uh, openly on her podcast, which is Green with Envy. Uh, but uh, it seems that uh, WWE made contact with Chelsea Green on Sunday. Uh, this would be this past Sunday. Uh, informing her they'd be releasing the trademark on her name, meaning she could use it. Uh, and uh, Chelsea Green has confirmed this uh, to Fightful Select. So um, while good news as of now, it still was pretty shitty. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's your real name? Fuck you, it's ours. But, see, to me, what she's doing is she's putting up a fight and she's letting everyone know this isn't okay, right? Yeah. That's my 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 birth name. You know what I mean? She she actually turned. Uh, did you see the big message that she put out? Uh, no. I didn't. The hu- no, it was a hu- huge message. She goes, everyone, where would Tina Turner be if she had rolled on the floor and yelled, hit me again, Ike, and put some stank on it? She'd be rolling down the river. That's where the fuck she'd be ODM. But she's beyond Thunderdome because she decided to step forward and give a message. Wake up, sisters. There is no such thing as a weaker sex. All right. Well, you stole that one from me. (laughs) God damn. I feel so happy that I did. (laughs) Hey, let me ask you. Tell everybody, what do we do at my show? I don't want you to put your beard on and clap. What do we do? Woo! Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's the best several part about times. my shows. Yeah, so several times. Give me a woo every time I steal one from you. Woo! All right. <laughs> Any other news? <laughs> well, I just uh, I have the results from AEW Dynamite Homecoming, uh, which was on August 4th. Uh, let's see. This was the third labor of Jericho taking on Juventud Guerrero, Hoovy Juice. Uh, this was the one where Jericho could only win with a top rope spot, which I was very concerned about. I uh, ended up actually doing a top rope Judas effect, which was pretty interesting. Um, Macy's not dead, but uh, he ends up winning. Uh, the fourth labor has... Which been- is funny because it's like basically just a top rope back elbow. Yep, pretty much. That like he used to do pretty much in every match back in 2001. Now it's a finisher. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> you know. point that out. I mean, it's better than <laughs> trying to do a lion solo all the time. Mangy. I guess, yeah. So, uh, fourth labor has been revealed. It's going to be Wardlow with MJF as the ref. This is the final labor. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they book it. Hopefully, it's not just something flat. And if he gets the win, he gets to face MJF, likely at all out. Mm -hmm. My money says somehow... MJF gets knocked out and he does the Austin grabbing the hand of the ref and slapping one, two, three. You know what I mean? Like something like that being like, wow, you did count it. Um, it's going to be something like that. I feel like yeah, it'll be I, Jericho's winning. I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to fall flat. I think it's, I think with the mind of Jericho, the acting and character of MJF, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see how this one plays out. And that is tonight. Yep, so it'll be interesting to see where we go. You're like you said, you're probably right. All out will be uh, uh, that match, so I'm sure we're gonna get it. So it'll just be interesting, like you said, to see how they set that up. 
Uh, so let's see. We had a six-man tag, uh, which was pretty much just a squash. It was Moxley, Kingston, Darby Allen uh, defeating uh, Daniel Garcia, Jeff Parker, and Matt Lee. Uh, Christian Cage defeated the Blade. Wait, do you know who two of those guys were the uh, ones that were just released? Oh, Everrise 2.0. NXT. Yes, yes. what well, they're yep. being called 2.0 in a, a very original name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Christian Cage defeated the Blade. What if we were 20? Let's put a point in the middle of it. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) We'll go with that. Okay. Sure. Christian Cage is now the number one contender for Omega. So that's likely the match we're going to get it all out because this Page thing isn't happening still. I have not seen anything on why. So, yeah. Well, they did do a segment on, which I don't see written here, is... um, Page told the Dark Order, stay here. I'm going out by myself. And he goes out to face all of the elite. And Omega says, this is what the elite really looks like. Look at all the championships, yada, yada, yada. You really aren't shit. Doesn't matter. Page slaps him. And then the Bucks end up doing like three to five uh, double V triggers or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, to, BTE uh, to Omega one from the... That's what it is. Yep. Dark Order comes down. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are backing off of the rest of Dark Order because that was what Paige requested. He said, I got this. Let me go out there. And he gets his ass handed to him. So I guess he really is not going to be at all out. The way he just got the shit kicked out of him. Like, I mean, took multiple finishers. I think that's what they're kind of alluding to is he's out for a bit. Maybe I I don't I hope not. Maybe he'll be like we said the thirtieth man in the battle royal or some stupid shit like that. But right now it looks like Adam Page not at all out. Kind of weird. Yeah, it is going to be weird. But uh, hopefully they can repackage this dude and and give us what we thought we would have gotten. Uh, it's been a little bit mismanaged with Page. Uh, maybe that's his own decision. Maybe he didn't want that catapult. And you know, God bless him if that's the case. We'll see what we get though. Uh, Miro defended the team. I've had better. What's that? <laughs> yes. That one was subtle, but I knew it, so I had to, uh, I had to shake it off. <laughs> Miro defended his championship against Lee Johnson. Layla Hirsch defeated the Bunny, and Layla Hirsch is now apparently feuding with the NWA Women's Champion, whose name I can't remember, but she's about four feet taller than Layla, Layla Hirsch. Uh, yes. So it looks very interesting. So. It looked like Raquel Gonzalez at first. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she came in. Yeah, mixed mixed (laughs) with Eva Marie. Yeah, pretty much. It was weird. Yeah, you know. Uh, And then I think the best part of the night I think was uh, Cody basically trying to retire and Malachi Black having a match with him. Uh, Black just squashed him, pinned him with one foot on his chest. Looked like a badass. His new entrance is fucking awesome. Um, Everything was great. And basically, Cody Rhodes uh, teased retiring at the end and got attacked again by Malachi Black. Um, It's very unlikely that he's going to retire. He's probably taking time off to record that new show that he's doing, the season two of that show. Nah, Nah, man, this is leading to something of a match with him and Malachi at All Out first. You think so? Because he attacked him. Absolutely. There's no way Cody Rose is not going to be at all out. He did make some great references. He's like, for the last three years, mm. I've been, you know, everything here. He talked about being an EVP with all the guys. He's like, even if we don't see eye to eye, I'm in love with all these guys romantically. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, he did the teasing of the boots. He got one boot off, and the Malachi comes back with the, the crutch, crutch and hits him. him. I loved it. I thought it was outstanding because, dude, they're, they're making Malachi, Alistair Black, look fucking awesome. I think it could be a retirement match or something at All Out. Something's going to happen. And then Cody can go away for a little while, maybe a whole year. That'd be not bad. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got a lot of talent. You don't really need to be on TV right now, do you? No. And since you left WWE, who the hell have you not wrestled since then? You know what I mean? Like, you've gone through everybody on the indie circuit and pretty much AEW, so take a break for a year. I'm okay with that. Absolutely. You know what's crazy is that sometimes our minds think alike. (laughs) (sighs) You're such a dick. I went to write in, you know, as, you know, we all talk about, you know, okay, fair pal. We always like to get our notes ready before the show to share document between us and only us so that you guys can't know what we're going to talk about ahead of time. But I had an idea for bring it to the table. I go, oh, I can't wait to get there. Just bring it, bitch. Hey, what can I say, man? Great minds think alike. Look at it that way. <laughs> it was great. Thing. I was all excited to talk about this, especially <laughs> from some of the things that we watched. Just, I won't give it away. Motherfucker. <laughs> well, I was looking at the notes and I say, literally stole my idea. <laughs> I like that you put that. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, so uh, we'll just get into it. Uh, comparing the wars then and now, um, you know, because it, 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 whether the mission statement from either company is we see them as competition, we don't see them as competition, we don't consider this a war, it is a war, I, I think that's all ir- irrelevant if we're just going to look at it and assess it. So, I mean, look what happened. AEW opens up. Now, at this point, you've got Raw, you've got SmackDown, and you've got NXT. We know AEW is not going to contend with the main roster shows, at least not for several, several years, right? Uh, so, at first, it's pretty, pretty even. Uh, things are, you know, people want to check out this new show, but they still want to watch NXT, right? Uh, you, you get that. Um, and then AEW basically just kept pulling away. Now, for a, a good stretch there, even in the beginning of the pandemic, NXT was still putting on some really, really good shows. Um, you know, there were times where we kind of picked NXT over AEW, and AEW is, is far from perfect in itself. So, um, But it, it it's... The same and it's different from back in the day. Back in the day, you had a show that was meant to contend with the main show. There was one show and one show. It wasn't three and one. So, uh, but you still had that that aspect of former stars from the WWF going to WCW. Uh, you know, and at that point, you had even had several talent that had already went back and forth several times. Um, so, you know, it, it certainly was a little bit different because even though Nitro didn't exist, the WCW did, and they were running shows for five, six, seven years at that point anyway. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> was that the wrap it up alarm? It was alarm? your timer. I said to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it's just weird. But now... All we need is a lawnmower guy to come by, and this could be a fucking <laughs> teaser again. Yeah, right. So, but it's weird because now it's become quite evident that, you know, NXT's been in decline. Uh, AEW's been knocking it out the park. NXT, or, or, I'm sorry, AEW is getting close to raw numbers now, 
which is sad. SmackDown is still, you know, around 2 million, so they've got a ways to go there. But AEW is getting close to Raw's numbers. Um, and now NXT moved to Tuesday, and now they just dumped half their roster, and they're changing formats. Um, this was an anticlimactic war as opposed to back in the day. Um, it's not really over, though, if you want to think about it, because there's still a possibility that they could contend. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. If anything, Vince is just going to sell. Uh, but it's just interesting to look at the different aspects from both time periods, what's the same and what's different. So my take on that and why I, it was mine and where I wanted to go with that is, of course, kind of one of the things that it, it's a small little uh, just preview into our Monday Night Wars is that one of the promos on Nitro's uh, people are coming and going. You got to check on the hotline, you know, things like that. And, and that's what's going on now. People are coming and going out of both companies. You can say, everybody's like, well, you know, it's AEW versus NXT. We did that with our Wednesday night wars. AEW won. NXT moved to a different fucking night. I don't care what you say or why you say it happened. They moved to a different night. To me, and especially if Vince is looking at that and going, well, it's all those midgets you got down there. It's the younger guys. I don't like them. I want big, beefy men. <laughs> so they're going back to the old stupid fucking format. Now, to me, AEW is officially competing with WWE. You can tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. But he is officially, uh, Tony Khan is officially competing with no longer Triple H's brand. He is officially competing with Vince McMahon. So, hey, man, that's where I go with this. That's I, I'm 100% with you on this. There you go. Nailed it. So, since you stole mine, <laughs> fuck that boy. No. Um, <laughs> I will say one thing. I texted you earlier this week. I did like a, I, I said something to you, and you were pretty much like, fuck, like mind blown. You know, we keep being like, man, where's Bray going to go? Where's Bray going to go? You know whose contract's ready to go when Bray's is done is his brother, man, Bo Dallas. You're talking Wyndham, the form, Wyndham Rotunda and Taylor Rotundum. Wyndham is Bray, Taylor, Bo. Tell me this wouldn't be one of the coolest things ever to see the Rotundas versus the Rhodes. Cody and Dustin versus Bray and Bo. Easy booking in my eyes. I don't care how you look at it, but simple is more sometimes. I say bring them in together. It doesn't have to be a character of whatever. You know what I mean? It's not like AEW, you got a guy named the Butcher, right? Mm -hmm. Should be a character. He doesn't walk around a meat apron with a cleaver and shit like that. He's just named the Butcher. So Bray could be whatever the fuck he wants if he goes over there. I kind of like how AEW's format is i think if both of them go over there could be a very big success that's all i have to bring to the table this week since you stole mine next week as we told you we have nwa's good chick but this week we are talking about 25 years ago when people were flopping back and forth and it's time to get hog wild marty you've got to come back with me where Back to the future! Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. 
has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you! Look, I need you to do me a favor. If I ever, ever give us an intro like that again, like the Hog Wild one, I want you to fucking quit the show with me at the same time. That was really bad. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week was Hog Wild as well as Raw and Nitro. Hog Wild was done on a Saturday night, August 10th. And I have a question, an honest question. Why, when, why, where, and how, whatever the fuck you want to call it, how did it ever begin that it was... Sunday night pay-per-views. It was like, oh, let's fucking really ruin every parent's weekend for these kids who are watching. Or, like, I don't get it. Like, Saturday night would have been so much better. Was there just more boxing? And, and I don't get it. I just, yeah. I, I, I like Saturday my night pay-per-view. My thought would be, and I'm completely pulling this out of my ass, is that it would be that Saturdays, you know, people were out and about. They had plans. That's the day that they had to do stuff. And Sunday you went to church and you stayed home the rest of the day. So And you watched wrestling. Wrestling. And you prayed to God that your guy won. All right. <laughs> so I think we kind of pre-talked about this. I, I'll uh, kind of rattle off the results here from Hog Wild. Got a confession. This is the very first time in my entire life that I have ever watched any of Hog Wild. I've seen bits and pieces of the main event. Nothing else. It's the first time watching this. I didn't pre-look at results, anything. That's the fun part about us doing this. Monday Night Wars, we do not look at results ahead of time. Go into it with semi-fresh eyes, if you will. This is not a bad pay-per-view. And I, I can't wait to talk about one in particular that I was like, what? This is, it's still going. All right. Let's first talk about this. This is in Sturgis, okay? South Dakota. Mount Rushmore. The Badlands. It's in August. It's hot as fuck this time of year. Bischoff and WCW are like, yeah, let's do one in the middle of the fucking desert. Let's not even put anything over the ring. Nope, nope. Everybody just sweat your balls off at 180 degree weather. Go. With all of these choppers around them, all these Harleys and everybody revving them up. To be honest with you, overall, one of the coolest settings ever. I don't care what anybody says. I think it's really cool to go back and see it. Because at certain points of the night, all of this had kind of come into play. First, you're walking on dirt to the ring. <laughs> they didn't even put out a fucking runner. Like, what? N- nothing at all? Just gravel. <laughs> right. Came into play in the first match because one guy ended up going into the dirt at one point. I'm like, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm like, are you going to wipe your shoes? You know, because before you get back in the ring, I'm like, it's going to get really weird, you know, or slippery possibly. But... The first match, oh, well, let me back up, let me back up. Our commentators are Bobby DeBrain Heenan, Dusty Rose, and Tony Schiavone wearing <laughs> ho, 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 the blue oyster hat that we know from Police Academy, a fake tattoo on his forearm, <laughs> and he's got some real long mullet hair going right now. It was really, mm. The hat with Dusty, I'm like, I've seen him wear that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm okay Dusty with what looks he's got classic. going. 
And Bobby was like, fuck that, I'm in a suit. <laughs> good for him. Yeah, Bobby actually uh, looked pretty good, I thought. You know, he looked, yeah. you know, he looked like he could be on a But he, no, he was still doing Bobby is what right. I liked. Absolutely. The first match, I have an issue with both names automatically. Okay. First man to come out is the challenger for the cruiserweight title. Ultimate Dragon. When did we switch it to E to O? I know. <laughs> You're like A-E-I-O-U. Ah, let's go O. Like, what the fuck? I was like, I don't remember him ever being Ultimate Dragon. Uh, Yeah. So then to me, same thing. Why did Rey Mysterio Jr. drop the Jr. down the road? Like... You're no longer a junior. Doesn't matter if your father are. You are no longer a junior. Both names just kind of it threw me into a minute. It, or it threw me off for a minute there watching this. And Sonny Ono comes out in straight up leather. Because this is in Sturgis, man. Everybody's yep. wearing all the leather. You got all the bikes. The opening video package of them all coming in on the choppers or on the the bikes and stuff was pretty cool. Um, Speaking of a chopper, why I say that is you can hear helicopters in the middle of this match. So many just it's not the only odd one settings for this pay-per-view. No, no. The whole pay-per-view is just, you know, whatever. But when Rey Mysterio gets to the ring, they go, ladies and gentlemen, we got to duck out here on TBS. If you want to watch the rest of this pay-per-view, you got to buy the pay-per-view. I go, that was smart, man. You, It's just like what WWE used to do with Sunday Night Heat. But I didn't know that WCW would do that with Saturday nights. Right. Yeah, I had no idea. Didn't watch it that much, you know. And so to see that they did that, they're like, we got to go, everybody, here on TBS. And, and then they're like, they wait a second. They go, live here on pay-per-view from Sturgis. I go, wow, that was, I like that. It was a just a little thing because I can imagine seeing both those guys come to the ring. You're like, and they did the whole card telling you everything that was going to be happening tonight. I could see you wanting to buy it right after that. It was It was interesting. And Rey Mysterio takes the win. What I like about this win was that he goes for the Hurricane Run on the top rope and Dragon pushes him off, but he goes for a second one right away and gets him on that one. I rewound it thinking it was a botch the first time. No, he was supposed to push him off. You just don't see it like that where you go for the move twice and you get it. You know, like sometimes you see a guy, you pin him, one, two, shoulder up. One, two, look, Dick, he pulled out on the first one, dude. I, I doubt <laughs> exactly. he's going to fall for the three on this right? one. But he went to the well a second time, and it worked. Just a little thing. I thought that was kind of cool. Then we get Mean Gene. Oh, man, is he looking like Denim Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Sturgis, baby. But this is what I was referencing, man, and I even wrote right here, and you took my goddamn bring it to the table from me, but Mean Gene on the hotline. There's a lot of comings and goings here in the WCW. And I was like, yo, this is, it's 25 years later is what we're literally going through right now with all these releases that are going on with WWE. You could say they're kind of spoon feeding them, but what are you going to do? No pun intended to do a Hogan reference, but what the fuck are you going to do when AEW starts demolishing you in every form of ratings? You got rid of all your best guys. That's what I'm saying. So, and that's what happened for about 83 weeks coming up. That's all I want to say on that. Next, we get the battle of the former friends. Scott Norton defeats Ice Train, oddly by submission. It was weird, but he just, uh, Ice Train didn't want to go on, uh, or couldn't go on with his arm in the submission, and it was the end of the match. It was two big guys. It was kind of, 
Like if I had to give it like a five out of a five star ranking, I would say it was like a one and a half. It was just yeah, it best. was what it was. Yep. Yeah, absolutely not bad. It just it, but it was the match it should be. I'm okay with that. Doesn't it doesn't never never not every match has to be a five star classic. If it was, people would be burnt out by the second match. And mm-hmm. It's no longer fun. This one was weird. The Battle of the Bikes. When that first popped up, I go, oh, that's what I loved about WCW. They have all the stipulations. And this Battle of the Bikes was between Bull Nakato. Yep, we remember her. She was in WWE a couple of times with Alundra Blaze having a couple of matches. Well, let's renew that rivalry because out comes Medusa. Ride walking a motorcycle. Ride walking. I say that because everyone else. First, Sonny Ono comes out on a crotch rocket. <laughs> How funny is that? To come out on a Kawasaki crotch rocket at a bike rally in Sturgis. Fucking brilliant. To me, I thought that was great because it plays in later, but... Medusa, like everybody else who who had a bike, rode in on a bike, except for Medusa. She was just kind of maybe using it in neutral or maybe like a one, just kind of walking it there. I'm like, I don't know if you really know how to ride that. There thing. there was a clip of her riding one later. So, yeah, I kind of noticed that too, though, because at first I'm like, did she not know how to ride that thing or is it just a... Yeah, I saw the same clip later too, but it was funny, though, to see how she walked in. I go, yeah. were you scared like of hitting the gas and all of a sudden you're like, boom, into the ring post? <laughs> The match is weird because uh, Medusa gets a two count from the ref, and he or he actually let me take that back. He does a full blown three count. Sonny Ono pops up like, "Yay, we won!" and he has a sledgehammer in hand. Apparently, this means you could beat the fuck out of the other person's motorcycle. Okay, it was this should happen more often. It was a botched <laughs> ending for sure. It was so confusing because then, because then he goes, "No, it was only two. He was saying to, and the entire and the announcer said, well, the match isn't over, but they all acted like the match was over from there. Medusa grabs, oh, okay, hang on. Sonny Ono is acting like he's going to beat Medusa's bike, and he only hits the leather seat twice. And I go, really, dude? And then it made sense why Medusa grabs it. Bull Nakato stands there like a fucking deer in headlights and does absolutely jack shit. Medusa beats the living fuck out of this crotch rocket. Mainly for the pop and the Sturgis. To me, it was at least a good payoff for the botch ending. Because I was like, well, at least you made the crowd happy because that was a horrible ending. I'm like, when the ref says three, he says two. And you all act like it was three. The announcers act like it was It was really fucking confusing, man. It was very confusing ending. It was a solid matchup until then. You know, I mean, it was what yeah. it was. But yeah, that ending just ruined it. Speaking of a solid matchup. Something that stole the fucking card. Again, I am not acting like I am a mark just for this man. This stole the card because I was 100% taken back by what was going on. I never knew this happened, and it was so cool. Just a regular match between Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. Now, we go back to the things that happened a couple weeks ago where Malenko grabbed a woman's arm, all that stuff. This goes to a 20-minute draw. The referee says, no. Let's give them a five-minute overtime uh, chance. Like, are they, they didn't say sudden death. They said overtime. Overtime. Five-minute overtime. Yep. 
that goes to a draw. I was excited. Problem is, is that when they said we're going to give you another five minutes, oddly enough, the crowd started booing. I don't understand. But maybe it's because they weren't really wrestling fans. They're a bunch of bikers. But I'm like, yeah. you guys are wetting some really cool shit right now. I'm like, this was one of the coolest things I never knew happened. And you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. But they, it only about three minutes of that overtime, Benoit wins with a little bit of help from Woman. Woman was tremendous selling in this whole match, how she was screaming for Chris. Uh, it was just, and it's funny because she he had like a Texas cloverleaf type sharpshooter on Malenko. And Heenan goes, why is she screaming like that? He's the one who's got the hold on him. <laughs> and Tony's like, she's giving him strength to, to keep it on or whatever. It was really funny. I'm like, because she was screaming like he was the one in the the hold. It was really cool. I liked how they did that whole match. I, like, again, I never expected it to be. What kind of almost a two out of three falls match at the end of the day because they both went to draws in the first part. No, you're right. Yeah, it stole the show. It was a great match. Yeah, Steiners versus Harlem Heat for the tag team titles. Now, this for me, this is where you are smart and play to the crowd. Harlem Heat being the heels that they are, shut those fucking motorcycles off. Shut them off. And what does everybody do? Rev them the fuck up. And they're. I was like. This is one of the coolest things, man. I love this. I actually really got into this pay-per-view. I thought it was so cool. They played to it right, but really, 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 really odd double uh, finish. It, it was, uh, I don't understand it. So, towards the end of the match, you have Booker T and Scott Steiner in the corner, and they're kind of well, duking it out, we'll just call it whatever. And Colonel Rob Parker stands up and throws salt in the eyes accidentally of Booker T, only for Sherry within half a second to throw another one at Scott Steiner. I didn't understand it, but then Booker gets a pin. It was weird. It was weird. Very, very weird ending. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're doing the whole dissension with uh, Colonel Parker. They've been working that for a couple weeks now. Uh, one of my favorite spots was uh, <laughs> Rick yells at, at Sherry. He goes, shut up, bitch. <laughs> yup. <laughs> that was fucking crazy. It's the right crowd to do it in front of. Yeah, no shit, right? Um, And after this match is over, we didn't get a Glacier promo for tonight. This time we got... All the wrestlers riding their bikes and coming into Sturgis. We get to see Bischoff, and who was nowhere near on the show, by the way. Can we just point that out right now? He wasn't on the show, but we saw him in many promos driving a bike. Who's that? Oh, Bischoff? Yeah. yeah. Um, You did get to see, yeah, like you said, Medusa was riding a bike and all that. But was it me or were the vocals like shitty and really low on it? Like, the it vocals was, like, were the, very low, very low. I was like, is someone talking right now? And they're like, riding these bikes coming in. I go, oh, my oh, God, someone is okay. talking. I can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, so I put, there's a couple of things I thought you'd like about this. Uh, your buddy Pepe was there in his cute little outfit. Uh, Bub, sure was. Bubba fit right in. Bubba didn't yeah. change his <laughs> And then uh, after they were showing the, the wrestlers, they were showing more of uh, the crowd. Uh, and they basically had. Wait, hang on. I have a question. Medusa. Was that a doll or an old lady that was really standing in front of her like that? Because she looked dead. It looked like a dead doll in front of Medusa that was like when she was standing there front at first. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't remember the part now. Oh, you got to go back. I was like, is she alive? She's not blinking. She's not moving. 
Right. She couldn't tell if it was like her own little. Remember how like uh, Paul Ellering used to come to the ringside with what was it, Rocco on on the the motorcycle? Uh. I thought maybe it was her own little puppet. It was a weird thing. I, I'll take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a screen cap. Uh, and then and then the horrors came in. Uh, basically, <laughs> <laughs> horrors running around. <laughs> Good promo. That's uh, because they got big jugs. <laughs> I just want to rub my face. I mean, <laughs> I may want to bounce those things like Sugar Ray Leonard. That's one of the best uh, bloopers. All right. So from there, we get a U.S. title match between Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero. She struck once, she struck again. Woman, with the assist, helps Ric Flair retain with a figure four pin. God, I miss seeing those, man. No one just gets the pin on. Didn't it just recently happen, though, on AEW? I think Flair's done it to Guerrero before. Oh, maybe that's why we were talking about it. That's what it was. So he gets the pin, and, and he's laying there, and, you know, that's how the match ended. Now, we get some controversial shit. We get the Outsiders versus Sting and Lex Luger. Nick Patrick as your referee. Very cool moment where on the outside, Sting has Nash in the Scorpion Deathlock, and the camera's backed up enough where you can now see Luger is setting up Hall for the torture rack. Cool. It was like the very big hard cam, but it was perfect how they did it. But you can also see that on the way up, Hall kicks, and that was some quotes used in the air, kicks the referee in the face. And Nick Patrick, acting extremely blind, he then all of a sudden falls forward accidentally. Another set of quotes that you can't see right now. He blatantly chops Lex Luger to the back of the knee, even though they're like, what just happened? (laughs) Did he fall? Yo, he put his elbow out and put it to the very back of Luger's knee. Wasn't even a question about it. And that's how they get the pin. Now, we all remember Patrick gets dirty down the road here. I didn't know it started this early. That was kind of cool to see that that he did that. I go, oh, shit. Forgot all about it. Even when he was in the ring as the ref, I was sitting there watching on, how does this one end? Huh? Yeah, right. And then when he did, I go, Nick Patrick, no shit. It just solidified that he was a big asshole. They end up putting a hoop earring on him at one point. I thought that was great, too. But I don't know why. They just gave him the hoop earring once they put him in the NWO. Look for that. Hey, man, if anybody asks you, is wrestling real in the Olympics? Yes. On Channel 23, no. <laughs> Stole that one from me, too. <laughs> Well, let me steal one more. Nah, I won't. Do it. Um, but we go to the main event now. Bruce Buffer is in the ring, and he's getting a uh, reaction from a crowd that he's never gotten because with the let's get ready to rumble, the more he's getting going, everybody's just revving those bikes, man. I'll be honest, I was jacked up to watch the main event. Knowing the ending of it, I still was like, this is really the whole pay-per-view to me, I think the concept of where it was, had it been actual wrestling fans, would have been awesome. By the way, 
Guys are actually sitting on their bikes oh, yeah. during this, too. That's the other cool thing I like, is that no one's sitting in chairs. Everybody's sitting on their bikes. Yep. It's just badass. Um, but Hogan comes out by himself wearing the black colors, and Bruce Buffer even makes mention, no longer donning the red and white or red and yellow. I was like, okay, like I, you know, I had to bring that up. It's fucking pouring now. Can you hear that outside? Fuck. <laughs> well, at least the guy won't be mowing his lawn. Here we go. Um... Giant comes out with, of course, Jimmy Hart. And with the help. Well, first, let's, let's talk about how this match kind of unfolds here. As it begins, Hogan is pussyfooting around the ring nonstop. He won't get in the ring at first. He's about to answer a 10 count for not coming back, and Giant stops it. Just being a, a you know, a, a sissy about getting the ring, but then get check, gets his right uh, moment. The test of strength. Always makes me giggle. I, I don't know why it makes me laugh, but Hogan got giant down on his knees for the test of strength. I was like, oh, WrestleMania 6, Hogan and Warrior. <laughs> like the infamous shot that everybody mocks. They go, oh, here too. And Hogan, with the help of the Outsiders, wins the WCW title. Not one WCW wrestler comes to the aid. Of the giant, not even the dungeon of doom. That got me. I was like, not even the dungeon of doom. I was like, I, I was actually anticipating Sting them Luger. to at least show up at one point. Somebody, you can't tell me that Nick Patrick hitting the back of your knee was like, we're all going to the hospital together as a family, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> but just when I thought, okay, they're going to do the big thing that we all remember. Something happened that I didn't know happened. Yeah, same. The booty man comes to the ring, donning the NWO shirt colors, and is walking with a cake down to the ring. Happy birthday. Um, it's Hulk Hogan's birthday, apparently. They come into the ring, and they and he has the cake, and, and Brutus, or, or booty man, is just professing how much he absolutely... Uh, is grateful for Hogan's friendship. 20-plus years of friendship, and we've been up and down the road together. And Hogan plays into it for just a minute and says, well, Booty Man, we got something for you. And he whispers into Nash's ear, and they beat the living piss out of him. Duh. Knew that was going to happen. Once that, well, once he got to the ring, I was like, Nah, yeah, exactly. that would make him the fourth man right away. I was like, so that's not right. I'm like, so he's getting his ass kicked. But then, what we all remember, they take the spray paint and put on NWO. And how it's written, I always wonder. I'm like, what if he just, you know, like when you go to spray paint, it comes out fucked up or uh -huh. like it comes like a big glob at first or whatever. I was always like, did they ever take it back into the back and like put some... Uh, paint thinner on yeah. it and redo it the right way. But no, man, that stayed the exact same. The way it looks, I go from day one, how it was sprayed. That's how it looks. I go, I'm kind of impressed with that, but you know what I mean? That whole like shitty glob. Maybe that's why they spray in the air first. Yeah, it could be. Maybe they practice it too. Maybe they got a couple of uh, bootlegged ones and we're like, all right, let's give it a shot. He seemed pretty man, steady with his hands. That's, they were holding it pretty he good. He did. Yeah. It's weird to pay attention to that, but I really was watching that. I was like, is this the original spray paint? I had the like, same exact yeah, thought, because all I could think of is that like, a big funny. glob, just like, oh, fuck. 
But it's funny because Hogan, it makes it sound like he didn't know where he was at, but it was his promo just kind of sounded a little conjumbled. He goes, because me is your world champion in Denver, Colorado. I go, bro, you're in Sturgis, man. He goes, me and you, Flair. I go, oh, oh, he's he's hinting towards the next show. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Right, but I was like, yo, Hogan doesn't know where he is right now. (laughs) Fuck, it didn't just happen to WrestleMania 30. (laughs) So that's how they go off the air. Um, all right, man. You want to run down Raw and Nitro for us? All right. Well, we'll follow up with Nitro since we just had our WCW pay-per-view. <clears throat> As you had mentioned, uh, nobody came to Giants Rescue in the main event. Uh, and it starts off with uh, them going over the desecration of the title. And Zabisco puts down the WCW roster for not coming out. Uh, nobody did. In taking on the new world odor. Oh, my God. I, you know, if I wasn't so annoyed, I was going to do a counter because uh, that was used, I think, <laughs> the most this week than any other week so far. Uh, first match is... Conan uses it, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yep. Uh, we have an eight-man tag to start off. Uh, Nitro, it's high voltage uh, with Rough and Ready versus the Faces of Fear, Hugh Morrison, Taskmaster, a.k.a. Dungeon of Doom. Um, it's a fucking mess of a match. Mang wins with a super kick. Uh, and then rough and ready beat up high voltage at the end. So there's that. I have a question. Why did Kevin Sullivan all of a sudden as the taskmaster come to the ring? Like he was at a 1980s grunge concert street clothes. He had cowboy boots on and like a sleeveless t-shirt and jeans. Uh, and he didn't he looked do like he was much. ready he to had... go to a concert and get in a fight. Yeah, I'm wondering if his gear got lost or something. That's the only thing I could really <laughs> think of, man. Um, yeah, so it was a mess. Uh, Sting and Luger end up coming down to ringside. They, they cut a promo on the outsider saying they want a match. Uh, and, of course, they don't show up, but they get the crowd nice and hyped up. Uh, after that, we get our obligatory Glacier promo. Uh, after that, we have a. Uh, yeah, right? That's the best part about it is the music every week. You're like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Pretty much. Finish him. Pretty much. A uh, quick match between Renegade and DDP. Um, yeah, he reverses a suplex into a diamond cutter, which looked nice. Other than that, standard match. Uh, filler. Uh, then we get the NWO backstage. It's Hogan, Nash, and Hall. And they're in the dressing room on a couch, uh, very relaxed, basically saying they'll have the match when they feel ready. And they're you know, putting over the fact that they beat him twice already. Uh, teasing the fourth and fifth men. Hogan talks about redesigning the belt possibly. And then they keep uh, talking off camera like, should we bring him out now? And they're like, no, stay there, stay there. So there's that. Uh, after that, it was uh, it was a fun promo to sit, see them just kind of sitting there. It was good. I liked Hogan and... because it, I think it really solidified the change in his character. Um, you know, it, it was well. And I actually thought about that when he came out to Sturgis. <clears throat> excuse me, that was his first heel match. Yep. So it was really interesting to see. And I'm like, you put him in front of the wrong crowd to be the heel match because it was um, Sturgis fans and they don't really get it, but. Yeah, because I mean, most of them are like, shit, I grew up on Hulk Hogan. All right. Probably. <laughs> a lot of them were kind of cheering, you know. So, But it uh, that was his first match. But, no, you're right. He's starting to come into his newer own as a heel champ. I, I, I'm, it, it looked kind of awkward the first couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we, well, we'll, we, well, we'll see where it goes. We know. Um, they did their quick WCW Saturday Night promo, and then we got – Conan versus Jim Powers. Conan is a, apparently a heel now. Uh, okay, I must have missed something. Um, no, hang on. Is Are you talking about the promo? 
or how he won the match? Both. So he won the match with feet on the ropes, which, okay, yeah, that's he'll move. But then he did a promo, but he kind of almost looked like he was shocked that the crowd was booing him, though. Yeah, because he, he said, was like, NWO, we're coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm all Team WCW. Yeah, but it's weird because he said, uh, these fans uh, need to shut up or, you know, they should respect me because they paid money to see me. I don't know why they're booing me. That's what he said. Um, but he, he, he tells Gene to shut up. I mean, that's fucking it's true. As it is funny get. how he starts looking at the crowd, <laughs> looking at him, and Gene goes, hey, pay attention, man. We don't have all the time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, love Gene. Gene was getting a little feisty those days. So, uh, next match, we had Ron Studd. Yes, you heard me correctly. Ron Studd uh, versus Benoit with Woman and Liz. Um, he's a big bastard. He is a big motherfucker, yep. And they, they, that's basically what the play is for this match. Uh, Benoit actually wins with a superplex, which was pretty impressive. Um, they, they get your in-ring segment after, and we get something we haven't gotten in quite some time, and it's Gene and Woman. Uh um woman immediately is rubbing him and goes, I'm getting a little bit lightheaded here. <laughs> she goes, why? What's wrong, Gene? I love her. I don't want to talk God about damn, it right now. Dude, like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't. Did anybody really pay attention to that shit back in the uh, day the way we are right now? I hope so, because that's hysterical. That was a whole comedy bit that was going on weekly just between him and woman. He's like, Liz, nice to see you, woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's fucking great. Uh, what I liked about Benoit's promo was he gave props to Malenko, uh, even as kind of a heel, I guess. He's kind of in that weird tweener spot. Uh, gave Malenko's props. I think they should put Malenko into the uh, horseman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he just cuts a promo on Giant. They got a match coming up at Class of Champions. Uh, we do our countdown to hour two. First time in a while that we haven't had a match going on as the countdown completes. Um, Heenan uh, asking where Bischoff was during uh, uh, you know his recent absences and uh, you know, it's behind the scenes stuff. It's business stuff, you know. So, not playing it off. Uh, actually, I think they played it pretty well. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get there. Um, we get enough. well enough that you honestly wouldn't think anything of it when you know what you know down the road. But like right. when you're hearing it, you're like, "All right, he's doing shit. Whatever." Yeah, yeah. They have enough announcers. Who cares? Yep. That's how I would have looked at it because I didn't know. <clears throat> even though the credits at the end and say executive producer Eric Bischoff. I wasn't reading that back in the day, sure. so I didn't know he was in charge of shit. <laughs> right. Well, same with Vince, right? Uh, exactly. So we get two repeat matches from the... You pay- know what I think about Vince? He's a pedantic, pontificating, pretentious bastard, a belligerent old fart, a worthless, steaming pile of cow dung. Figuratively speaking. Boom. <laughs> Steiner Brothers versus Harlem Heat again <laughs> for the tag titles. Woo. <laughs> Steiner, Steiner's win via, via DQ. This was another weird ending. I don't get why yep. they keep doing this. Like, you could get this Colonel Parker thing over without doing this. Uh, but basically, Rick's chasing down Parker. Parker gets into the ring and trips over the pinfall. And that's the DQ. Weird. It was such uh, a stupid end. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. Dude, a lot of this show was rematches from Hog Wild. Yeah, well, including the next one, which Mysterio and 
Ultimate Dragon, and they yep. did it again. They screwed up, but they corrected themselves because then they referred to him as Ultimo after the entrance. So they just got to fix the Chiron and tell the ring announcer what his name actually <laughs> is. Uh, Ray wins with a quick roll-up. Nothing to talk about there. Now we get Flair uh, with the ladies versus Macho for the U.S. title. Uh, at one point, Macho gets slapped by Liz, and he kind of lunges through the rope at her. That was interesting. Uh, he's on the outside. He gets kicked by a woman. Um, Macho ducks a clothesline, uh, and the ref gets taken out. Hogan comes out with the chair as Macho's peeling back the, the padding to, uh, to expose the concrete so he can do a move on Flair. And Hogan comes out and attacks Macho with the chair. Fucking great to see. The crowd is fucking hot as hell. Uh, Flair wins. It's hilarious because even after he gets rolled in and he's got this easy pin, he still puts his feet up on the ropes and woman holds him down. And hey, uh, and they're basically playing up. Hey, why didn't Hogan go after Flair? So very interesting. Uh, it, it's a good direction to go. Macho is is basically just going after everybody that he ever had ties with, uh, just to show that he doesn't give a shit. So good shit there. Uh, they recap the main event uh, from the previous night at Hogwild. Well, two nights ago at Hogwild. Uh, we've got Mean Gene on the ramp, and out comes Hogan. Uh, and he's basically just cutting a promo for Class of Champions, which is going to be that Thursday, I believe. Um, so we'll be going over those results next week. Um, and fucking Hogan started to cut a good promo, and then he starts talking about how he's going to categorize everybody by names. He had a hard time getting the word categorize out. Um, and Ric Flair will be the stupid little man. Way to go. You knocked it out of the park with that one. Uh, then he calls Gina chump and leaves. So it wasn't no, uh, suffering succotash. So no, there's there's that, that. uh, macho is getting stretchered out after the assault. Uh, they recap the backstage assault by NWO. Uh, and then we get our main event, which is going to be the outsiders versus Stan Luger. Uh, Outsiders come out through the crowd. Oh, wait, didn't they do this match last night or two nights uh, ago? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Matter of right fact, on. they did. Uh, Sting doesn't Might come out. Might be the out. reason I didn't need to buy that pay-per-view. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sting comes out, uh, but without... I'm sorry, Luger comes out. Not, uh, Sting's not there. Uh, the bell rings, and then Sting's out there on the top rope and jumps off. Um, basically, what happens is here is another Nick Patrick special where... Sting has the Outsiders in opposite corners, gives a Stinger splash to Nash, goes to hit one on Hall, but Patrick pulls him out of the way uh, and then just bounces. Um, What was cool was that the Horsemen came out to aid Sting and Luger, so at least you're starting to see that solidarity happen. Outsiders leave through the crowd. Um, Just not last night when the title was on the line. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Uh, and, and the horseman cut a promo. He basically, Flair just matches up everybody saying, you know, Arn Anderson, you know, you, you know, you got Kevin Nash and, you know, such and such. And, and then, but I like what he did was with Benoit. He's like, we don't know who their fourth man is, but it doesn't matter because Benoit's got you taken care of. So it was just a good promo. He was hyped up. I like that. Yeah. That was a great line. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, great promo by Flair hyped up. Not a bad Kind of sad. We're not going to be doing, uh, watching Clash of Champions is too much work with all the up-to-date real-life stuff that we watch, plus, you know, going back and watching all the stuff. Champions we can't do, but we'll have the results next week. Yeah, and we also no talk insight, just results. SummerSlam, and, right, yeah, and as well as Raw and Nitro. But what did Raw produce this week? Uh, I can't say it was one of their best episodes. You're definitely starting to see the scales tip. Like, you know, we've been you know why you that. can't? 
Because it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it opens up with Vince talking about life-threatening complications from Ahmed Johnson's kidney injury. He had to have emergency surgery. Uh, he's at home improving, uh, and if it doesn't heal, he may need kidney removal. And it's hilarious because they've, they've... It is got... velvet red bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's funny because like, the lady's working on his bandage or whatever, <clears throat> like checking it out. I'm like... Is he even wearing anything other than that bandage and that robe right now? Like, what the fuck is this promo? <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. It'd be hilarious if it was just his tights. He was just wearing his wrestling tights underneath there. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, and it's hilarious, too, because, you know, they've got... It's not necessarily the somber music, but, you know, they're definitely treating it with, uh, you know, seriousness. And then you just hear the theme song. Almost as big as when you heard... I was going to say, almost as big as when you heard the earthquake beating up and killing Hulk Hogan on that Saturday night's main event. Yeah, it wasn't that it was like somber. so sad. Ahmed's never coming back. Yeah. All right. Uh, so opens up with Farouk Assad's first match. He's taken on Skip. It was a squash. Um, Lawler's perving out on Sonny the whole match, which is a, a, a big... Uh, it's not unexpected. Lawler... So basically they're hyping up, and we talked about it uh, last week briefly, that for SummerSlam the pre-show is going to be the bikini bash beach out or something like that. Uh, and they're basically yeah. just setting it up for Sonny to wear a swimsuit. Uh, and Lawler has a couple quotes. One, the movie strip show Guess has... she got big jugs. Sorry, I know I already used that one. You but did already use out. that one. Woo. Lawler says the <laughs> now movie Now they're strip like really, really long sandbags. <laughs> Wet sandbags. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, maybe it's the medication from the tooth people. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it Go is, ahead. unless you've unknowingly been taking this medication for a while. <laughs> you know, for three seasons. <laughs> All right, I'm going to eat a chicken nugget. Go ahead. Okay. Farouk hit his finisher, and the crowd let out like a grunt because of the force of it. The whole crowd went, "Ooh!" It was fucking. I, I liked it. Uh, the finisher wasn't that impressive. It was. A, it was a a big sounding bump, but uh, the crowd dug, dug it, so that was cool. Uh, they're still doing the cringy ass shit with uh, Lawler and Jake the Snake and the drinking. Mm-hmm. They have uh, Jake on the phone, basically saying he's met his limit uh, and he's gonna beat the shit out of Lawler at SummerSlam. So, um. We have a return. We have a return. Clarence Mason's client has been revealed and is taking on Savio Vega, and that client is Crush. Uh, but it's not the Crush you remember. It's Crush after he's been listening to Corn for a couple of years. Um, that's basically tattooed his forehead. Yep, yep. That's basically what he looks like. He looks like uh, one of the members of Corn. Um, Lawler. So Clarence Mason is on commentary, and they're both busting Vince's chops. And Lawler says, Clarence Mason will show up in court with more witnesses than Jehovah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I missed that one. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's that. uh, The whole thing is a... It is great because, as I said last week or a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, yeah, I know who he is. The guy that fought two doings at WrestleMania. Yeah, totally different crush than we used to remember. But it's funny. He's like, well, he was arrested on drug charges. And Mason, he was not convicted. <laughs> I was like, I love this. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. He goes, Very funny, though, that Crush and Vega are in a match together. Yeah. 
BSK. Do you know why I say that? Bone Street. Because they're going to. Well, besides that, they're going to go down the road and be with oh. Farouk in Nation of Domination That's together. Right. So it was really funny that they actually had a match together as his first match. I just kind of huh. found that interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm throwing it out there. And Ahmed's and then they have and the DOA and the Los Bariquas. Yep. Yeah, all right. that shit. DOAs, yeah, wow. yeah. And the, the Jets and the Sharks, Maria and Tony. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, then. It's West Side Story. Yeah, no, I, I got you. I can look at you. Uh, we got a Taker Mankind promo. Do you want me to start singing Officer Krupke? <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Um, we got a Sunny teasing, uh, changing her bikini promo behind the silhouetted uh, changing thing, whatever you call that. Um, obviously, uh, King got some more creeping done here. Uh, we uh, visit Ahmed's house, uh, still wearing the red bathrobe, uh, with Kevin Kelly basically saying he can deal with physical pain, but he's got mental pain. Uh, not sure if he'll ever be able to compete again. So we're supposed to be getting an update from Gorilla later on the status of the IC title. All right, next. Two of your favorite wrestlers in the world, T.L. Hopper and who? Who? I, uh, I, that guy, exactly. Do you know who who is? No, I was trying to figure it out without looking it up. Jim the Anvil, Anvil. Neidhart. No yep. shit. All right. Well, they take on... Neidville was on first. Okay. Or Neidville. I said Neidhart, Neidville, Neidhart. Yeah. Yeah, I came across. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> bet an eye, so, you know, if I would have recognized him, I would have <laughs> the You're like, hell yeah, he's a good wrestler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Backlund shows up. Bob Backlund shows up and joins commentary. Uh, Bob Backlund is in his batshit crazy period, which I think he still is currently. Um, Always good to see his nutty ass. Yeah, uh, he's Mr. Morality and goes nuts talking about condominiums and not teaching the Ten Commandments in school. And Shawn Michaels is a terrible influence. Uh, yeah, man, it was uh, it was kind of cringy. It was kind of cringy. Uh, they bring in Monsoon while the match is going. What a out. fun cringy! It's not the Jerry Lawler, Jake Roberts cringy. This is just more like a. Yo, this guy could possibly be in a nursing home right now. We don't know if he's yeah. actually been given a script or he's just yelling shit. Yes. But it was still entertaining. <laughs> oh, certainly. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. During the match, uh, Monsoon speaks on the IC t- title status, and uh, he's vacating the title. Uh, there'll be a single elimination tournament starting next week on Raw, so uh, obviously Farouk's already thrown his name in saying he should just get the title, but, you know, they got to play that angle. Um, I should just get the IC title. Yeah. Damn! <laughs> Uh, next, we get uh, an interview from... The goddamn pen is blue! Damn! <laughs> oh, nice little crossover there. Yeah, we didn't, <laughs> didn't do the pen one yet. I'm surprised it took that long to get to it. Um, Dude, I said it every time I talked about Mojo Raleigh when he was looking in the mirror and had pen all over his face with blue shit. I was always like, it's blue. It's goddamn blue. <laughs> it's royal blue. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Uh, we get an interview with Bret Hart, who hasn't been seen in a while, uh, and interviewed by Mr. Perfect. Uh, I guess like sounds like an asshole in this fucking interview. I got to be honest with you. Who was Bret? Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I was gonna say because Mr. Perfect played it pretty straight, but yeah, basically he wants to. Take, no, I liked him. Yeah, he wants to take more time to think about his return, and then when he does, he wants to like make a statement on it. And it's like, bro, we know you're coming back first of all, but even in hindsight and being in the moment. Like, just come back or don't come back or say, I don't know yet. 
Do you know what I mean? He's going to be taking like his talents to WWE. Dude, it was like watching LeBron James, that whole shit, like <laughs> I'm taking my talents. That's what it really reminded me of when he was doing that. I was like, he's like, you know, if I do come back, what do you say? He's like, I'm bringing a shovel. That's how he ended the fucking interview. He's like, when I come back, I'm bringing a shovel. I'm like, yeah. Bury people, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, like, I, like, which is really funny because, like, he tried burying people when he came back too. You know, it's it was an interesting choice of words. I, he sounded like a bitch in the episode or in this uh, interview. I just didn't care for it. As a Bret Hart fan, loved his work, but this interview, I was like, could have did without. I would have much rather he just randomly show up and I'll pop rather than a stupid interview of him on a boat going. Maybe I'm coming back. Maybe I won't. I hope everything I did was okay. You guys like my tiny little sunglasses? I'm trying to look like John Lennon, but I have a permed hair. It was just like his one from Germany. It was the same thing. It was yeah, it's exactly a, you know, what it was. Bitch. Yeah, pretty yep. much. Thank you. So from one heart to another, uh, our main event, Owen Hart with Jim Cornette versus Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario. Uh, they flash back to Friday Night Fever where Mark Henry uh, showed up and had an encounter with Triple H. Uh, so they're starting to set up that, which is cool. Uh, I love Mark Henry's American, American jacket. Is a it's just fetish. so yeah. goddamn over the top. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it is. I mean, like, I know it's probably what he wore in the Olympics. It's just really funny to see him wearing that anyway when he comes out. I was like, wow, that's like the whole Lex Express bus. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, man, uh, these two work so well with each other. Flawless. Never have a bad match. Flawless. Just clean. Yeah. Nothing was out of place. Everything worked well. Um, HBK obviously wins with the sweet chin music. Uh, a nice little uh, segment by making look Sean, making Sean still look competent and strong and willing to take things on, but just getting beaten by the numbers. Uh, basically, after Michaels wins, Vader comes out. He grabs a chair, gets up on the apron. Uh, Cornette throws the, the racket to uh, – no, I'm sorry. I got this wrong. Owen tries to jump him. He's got that cast on. It's grimy as fuck because he's been wearing it for like four months. <laughs> right. Uh, Which is, yeah. So uh, HBK actually takes the cast off and has it in a squaring off. Owen gets... Because you can just pull it right off any cast, <laughs> anytime, oh, yeah, of anywhere. Course. Yeah, right? <laughs> as soon as he did that, I go... Oh, get the fuck out of here. Come well, on, man. I'm I like, that's like in... if what? Did you open up Luger's arm <laughs> and take out the steel plate too, dickhead? I, I think this works only because everybody knows that Owen's full of shit. So, of course, it's going to come off easy because he can take it off whenever he wants and he's a heel. So, for me, in that aspect, I think it works. Uh, but It then was funny. I know. Cor- Cornette throws the racket to Owen. Sean's able to catch him again, take the racket, hit Owen with it. But when he turns around, Vader nails him and then hits him with two Vader bombs. And as the camera cuts out to end the episode, he's at the top for a moonsault. Uh, The episode as a whole wasn't that great, but I did like the main event. Between the match and everything that happened after, I thought it was good. Totally. I I was like, why don't you just either, if you're going to do the moonsault or Michaels gets out of the ring. I know you want to leave with a cliffhanger, but. Maybe they were running short on time. Could be. But that's what we're heading into because now SummerSlam is next week with Raw, with Nitro, with Clash of Champions. It's going to be a busy Monday Night Wars next week. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. But you know it's my favorite time of the week when we get to list some shit. It is time for... Holy 
ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. ODM, good news. Both of my legs are broken, so they can't take me straight to jail. (laughs) Which means we still have time for us to do the top topic, because it's the top 10 SummerSlam events of all time. I've said it several times over the last couple of weeks, SummerSlam really is one of my favorite events. I almost put it a little bit greater than SummerSlam, because maybe it's because I could stay up and watch the whole goddamn pay-per-view when I was a kid, because... It was on a Sunday night, and WrestleMania ends at 11 in, in New York. But, uh, SummerSlam's always been a lot of fun. Whether it's a good card, a bad card, it's the best party of the summer, as they like to say, right? There you go. So let's run down our top 10 events of all time. Let me ask you before I do dive in, ODM, what do you think of the list? Were you in agreeance of it? Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, there's one. Uh, we'll get in. Oh, I know it is. I just meant do you agree with it. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. When it's 10, you know it's 11 because there's an honorable mention. Our honorable mention is 1997. You have the main event is Undertaker or Bret Hart for the title. All right, hang on. Let me back up. What I loved about this SummerSlam individually is that each member of the Hart family had a stipulation on the line against someone else. If Bulldog lost to Shamrock, he had to eat dog food. If Owen beat Austin, he had to kiss his or Austin had to kiss his ass. If Brett never if Brett didn't win, he would never wrestle in the US again. If HBK is the special ref doesn't do the pinfall the right way, he can never wrestle in the US again. A lot of stuff on the line, which I actually like. Oh, Brian Pillman had to wear a dress if he lost to Goldust, which did happen. Which <laughs> I I like this whole pay per view because it was the Heart Foundation versus everyone. And as a heart mark, that's why I put it our honorable mention. Wrestling may not be one of the best at it. You know, you have the Austin and Owen incident. We'll 
yeah. call it, right? You know, and, and that put that match to a stop. But, man, the crowd was hot as fuck during that point. Everybody knew that Austin was going to win the title. It was how. And it was the shittiest roll-up in history, obviously, for yep. what had to be. But Bret Hart, after a loogie to the face from Shawn Michaels, hits Undertaker with a chair, takes the one, two, three, gets the win. It was an awesome pay-per-view. I was a very big fan of that one. And coming in at number 10 is from SummerSlam 1989. Two of the biggest matches on there <clears throat> kind of, in a way, became classics for their own rights. Um, Hearts versus Brain Busters. Heart Foundation versus Brain Busters. We talked about this, and it wasn't even for a title. Could have been, should have been, wasn't. Um, just recently... I'll just relay information along in case you don't necessarily listen to the Arn Anderson podcast. After they after they won the tag titles, they went to WWE and were like, yo, we're actually making less than we were with Crockett. So can you guys up this? They said no, and that's why they put their notice in. And that's why they were gone. I mean, they're tag champs here by SummerSlam and by Survivor Series. It's their last night, and they're gone. Just found that very interesting. <clears throat> but they put on a classic with the Heart Foundation at this pay-per-view, as well as the main event, which was Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake taking on Macho Man. Or actually, he may have been King. No, I think, well, either way, Macho Man Randy Savage and the Human Wrecking Machine. Zeus. <laughs> Also on this pay-per-view, we had Ultimate Warrior regain his Intercontinental Championship from Rick Rude. What I liked about the pay-per-views back in the day is that it went pay-per-view to pay-per-view to pay-per-view when it really was about not just title changes, but your main payoff story feuds. And at WrestleMania five, Bobby Heaton held down the foot of Ultimate Warrior so he couldn't kick out to Rick Rude, that's why he wins the title. Ultimate wins it back here at SummerSlam. It was just, it was the right storytelling. Obviously, we know at this point, we're also going to be heading towards WrestleMania Six with Warrior and Hogan down the road. Now, we have one of, I, I, I call this a, <clears throat> I would say a sleeper pay-per-view. People may not be, Fondly remember, but 2012, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, I don't know why I even called him that, Triple H took on Brock Lesnar in the main event, and that is where Brock Lesnar took his win over Triple H. But we also had an amazing triple threat match between Big Show, Cena, and Punk for the WWE title. I say amazing. Sounds bad to say that, right? You're like, really? With Punk? Or I'm sorry, with Big Show and Cena? Really? With everybody's character at that moment and Punk just taking the most recent heel uh, turn, it actually ended up being a really good match because he played good tactics, bad tactics. It was it was a good match. We also had Kofi Kingston and The Miz on that night. A lot of great matches. But 2017, for me, personal favorite. Personal, not like all-time favorite, but... One of my personal favorites, because it was the first one I actually watched in the RV. No bullshit. Guess where I watched it? 
about 15 miles from Sturgis. <laughs> I was I was in the middle of the woods and I watched SummerSlam 2017. That's the night that we talked about it a couple of weeks ago where the Usos took on the New Day in a pre-show match that was better than any match on the entire card. Yep. We also got the Bar versus the Shield, but we also got Reigns versus Lesnar and Lesnar retained which no one was expecting even more so. Because don't worry, Reigns was going to take that title in Saudi Arabia. That's where the money is. (laughs) Number seven, I'm not going to dive too deep into because we're going to be talking about it really, really soon. And by really soon, I mean uh, like seven days from now. But we got 1996, HBK versus Vader. We got the Boiler Room Brawl with The Undertaker and Mankind. We got a four-way for the tag titles. A lot of great things on the line. Not going to talk too much about it because we will be revisiting that next week. Yeah, I kind of like 97 better than 96. Personally. You know what? When I'm looking at it now, those should have been swapped. Maybe I'm a a big fan of the boiler room brawl. It could be because it was such an innovative thing that it made the pay-per-view more exciting. Um but 97 did have a lot behind it. You're right. I mean, it was everything versus the hearts. So you're right. It, you, that probably could have been swapped very easily. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, hey guys, I, I did the same this thing. This is why we do this. We argue on air, not ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did the same thing. I looked at, I'm like, 96, yeah, that was a good year. And then I looked at the card, I'm like, wow, it was the boiler room match. And then the boiler room match. Okay. So <sighs> maybe I'm partial to because I also. I remember this pay-per-view. Can I tell you a funny story? Would it be weird to tell you an off story to this one? Nah, that's what I do. Yeah, I was going to say. So I watched this pay-per-view at my buddy's house. Andrew, he's not listening. Um, I think he's in jail. But anyway, he's... um, (laughs) No, but Andy was one one of my boys back in the day. And we were at his house watching it. And I remember in the kickoff show is the Bikini Beach Blast... But it was also Steve Austin versus Yoko Zuna. And that's where Yoko goes up for a bonsai drop and the rope breaks and he just falls backwards. The top rope comes apart and Austin pins him. It was supposed to happen, but either way, it was very memorable. But then he had the boiler room brawl and he got the. Do you, have you actually watched Michaels and Vader yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen it before. Okay. So. With the starps, uh, starps, the stops, starts, stop, starts, whatever you want to call it to the match, and we'll get into it. It made it for an interesting pay per view, but I could definitely see that 97, as you're saying it, could be put into that. Let's start over. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our honorable mention <laughs> <No>. is. <laughs> All right, we're swapping it. No one knows. All right, coming in at number six. Yeah, six. All right, I had to look again. I'm like, man, I was throwing numbers around, flopping. All right, 90, what, 1990. To me, this is what I kind of mentioned a little earlier, that Hogan sad earthquake music that brought you back, and he made his big return to SummerSlam 1990 to revenge his beating on the Brother Love show to Earthquake. We also have Ultimate Warrior taking on Rick Rude, defending the WWF title in the cage. We also got Hearts 
I, I just write hearts, and I, I I forget I should probably you know not just use uh, my tiny abbreviations. Heart Foundation defeat Demolition in a two out of three falls tag team title match. But one title match that was very interesting when you find out down the road. I was a very big fan when Mr. Perfect defended the Intercontinental title and dropped it to Texas Tornado, or Texas Tornado, Carrie Von Erich. But I didn't realize that it was supposed to be Brutus Beefcake spot all along. But then the boating accident and everything that happened, they were like, well, who else can Perfect drop the title to? All right, Carrie, you're up next. Well, you got one leg? Close enough. All right. <laughs> that was poor taste. I'm sorry to all you one-legged people out there listening to our show. It's... <laughs> well, in all fairness, he had two legs. He just had one foot. Because <laughs> fuck him, hey. that's why. What has nine arms and rocks? Def Leopard. All right, coming in at number five is 2016. To me, this is one of my favorite newer era pay-per-views that they did. They were pushing younger talent, but they were also elevating with some of the older talent. I, I think overall, this whole pay-per-view, the way they set it up, start to finish, outstanding. And what I'm talking about in 2016, you have Cena versus Styles. You have Randy Orton versus Brock Lesnar, where Orton gets busted open in the main event against Lesnar. Oh, my that God, whole... that's when he elbowed him in the head. Yeah, and that's where Jesus. Chris Jericho was like, was that shit real? And started a fight with Lesnar, which gives me so much props towards Jericho. I'm like, yo, good for you. The fact that you were like, I don't give a fuck who you are. Did you just go to business for yourself? He didn't know. That's sometimes working the boys, as they, as they say. I like that, though. That was... Yeah. Whew. I remember being at my buddy Sean Pratt's house. Sean, I know you listen every now and then if you are listening. Woo-hoo! But I remember being in his house and we were like, that's too much blood. <laughs> like when he hit him and it just started pouring out. I'm like, that's too much blood. Stop it. Even I was like, just stop the match. I'm like, he's going to die. He's already He's got a family, goddammit. <laughs> um, but we also got the one night rain. Of the first ever Universal Champion with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. And that's where Balor takes that buckle bomb to the corner of the uh, the barricade on the outside. And unfortunately has to drop the title next night on Raw. But overall, great pay-per-view. Yeah, it man. was... Like a, it was a spectacle. That mat, or that night had a lot of big marquee matches. Style Cena was fantastic. Uh, not being, yeah, oh, one that out of their three matches that they had, they had Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and a Money in the Bank. That mm. one right there, SummerSlam, was my absolute favorite. I will say though, looking at even this year's SummerSlam. I think they're pushing in that marquee. I, obviously, they're looking for you know, with Goldberg and Lashley to be your marquee guys, right? And that's eh. But with Edge versus Rollins, Cena, Roman, I, I think we are aiming in a pretty good marquee year. Yeah, I, I, I like, you know, when you have a good couple of decent headlines as opposed to just one main event and everything else is just dog shit. I think right now this year we could be ending into something decent, but... 
They'll probably release Cena by the end of this week before this thing even fucking airs. <laughs> All right. Coming in at four is 1994. Razor Ramon reclaims the Intercontinental title against Diesel. We also have Undertaker taking on a mirror. That's right. Undertaker versus Undertaker. Basically, the return from his burial from 1994's Royal Rumble. And in what should have been the main event, honestly, and wasn't, took up more time than it should have, but I'm glad they did, was a steel cage match for the WWF title. Bret Hart defending and retaining against Owen Hart. A lot of great moments in this. You have Jim uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart gets involved. British Bulldog, who's just now coming back to the WWE because he was away and went to WCW for a couple of years. Actually was even a world title contender against Vader a couple of times too. But at this point right here, he's now shifting his momentum back in the WWE. It looks like they're pushing a lot of hurt stuff, even in 1994, which is great because all the way down the road, in 1997, they're all together, as we talked about earlier. In 1998, that is what comes at number three. That was a weird way of doing it. It was. All right. So, (laughs) thank you. I'm going to try it again. Coming in at number three is 1998. This one was Madison Square Garden. This night, we had a hair versus hair match with X-Pac and Jeff Jarrett. The tag team titles were on the line with New Age Outlaws and Kane of, versus Kane of Mankind. The Intercontinental title was defended in a ladder match as Triple H defeated The Rock. And in the uh, main event match, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats The Undertaker, retaining the WWF title. The crowd was absolutely hot for this entire show. Go back and watch it. Even when the oddities came out, they were like, fucking oddities, man. Yeah, ICP. It was weird, but the crowd could not be let down in any way. My favorite part of this pay-per-view, I'm pretty sure it was that. uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah, is where uh, Val Venus goes, so this is the Big Apple. I came, I saw, and I came again. <laughs> Thank you for showing up, Val Venus. And we even got D'Lo Brown in a chest protector. Coming in at yeah. number two, to be honest with you, this is probably, as a kid, my favorite absolute of all time. Because if you're a kid, this was your pay-per-view at this time. It was... I, in a way, I guess all of the faces really overcoming the heels on the night of uh, SummerSlam. You have first, you have your jailhouse match. Big Boss Man defeats the Mountie. I remember and that. And that's where we've talked about the, don't you like the way leather feels against your body? <laughs> Fucking A. I love it, Mountie. Get me out of here! I love that. Hey, we need to get your prints for fingers. Give me your finger. Here's the finger. Throws on the bird. Fucking Jacques Rougeau was absolutely outstanding on this night. His acting, everything was phenomenal. We also get LOD getting their first ever, maybe I actually think their only ever 
reign in... No, 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 they got one later on down the road. But this is their first WWF tag title reign by beating the Nasty Boys in a no-DQ tag title match. We also got Bret Hart winning the title against Mr. Perfect, which we've talked about many a time. We have the wedding, because it was a match made in heaven and a match made in hell. The heaven was Macho Man and Elizabeth. The ending is great, of course. You know, it's off camera that they do for the Coliseum Metro video where the Cobra pops out and they begin a brand new feud with Robertson and yep. Savage. But the main event is Hogan and Warrior versus Slaughter, General Adnan, and Colonel, uh, Colonel Mustafa. This is the one where Warrior demanded more money, and by the time he walked back into the curtain, they said, Go fuck yourself. You're fired. Um,. It was a night where it really, it really was. All of the the faces kind of got their retribution that night. And that night, Virgil won the million-dollar title from Million Dollar Man. And that's the promo I love from him and Roddy Piper. Because Roddy had the accent. He was in the cast. And Piper goes, tell me, how do you spell man? He goes, V-I-R, V-I-R, G-I-L. That's how he spells man, Virgil. Now he spells it 25 for a picture, <laughs> 35 for a picture, and an autograph. <laughs> I don't care who your daddy is. <laughs> Fuck Hulk Hogan. All right. Coming in at number one, of course, was last year with no fans. 2020. Just kidding. We all know. It's been highly talked about before. If anybody has ever talked about what is the best SummerSlam card of all time, it not only had a stacked card, but it delivered. What I mean by that is we've talked about it where some of the cards, great on paper, delivery was eh. An example of that would be 2000 and, oh man, seven or eight. It's the night that Triple H came back. Rey Mysterio came back. You had Punk and Morrison. They let Morrison go over. Everyone wanted Orton to win the title, but they let Cena win. It was just a shit, shit card. Paper looked fucking phenomenal. At the end of it, you're like, oh, I wish I didn't put money into this night. <laughs> In 2002, I would not have ever been happier for the SummerSlam that I got. I thought I was happy with the one that I got when I was a kid, as I talked about in 91, but in 2002, that's right, that's what's at number one. I actually put the entire card on here for a reason, because when you see it, you're like, wow, and everything had, it wasn't like your uh, WCW, everything has a, a stipulation or stakes to it, but there were storylines backed up with every match. The first match started off hot. Angle is in the ring. You didn't even know he was going to be facing Rey Mysterio. And he came out and they put on a fucking banger of a match. It was phenomenal. It was the best way. I think, honestly, anybody ever asked me, I would say that is the absolute best opening match to a SummerSlam ever. And I even put that up against that Brain Busters Heart Foundation match, which opened this one. It was just so good. Ray came in with all of, not just his, um, all, all of his moves and everything that he does, but the crowd was very much behind him. Angle was playing the right heel. Phenomenal match. 
They followed up with Chris Jericho versus Ric Flair. This is kind of one of those I looked up to you and now you're a dick and you're an evolution kind of things. He wasn't in evolution at this moment, but that's kind of where they were aiming with the storyline. Edge versus Eddie Guerrero. On paper, on TV, fucking delivered. All right. We have the Un-Americans, Christian and Lance Storm. They took on the tag team champions with Booker T and Goldust. The Intercontinental title was Rob Van Dam versus Chris Benoit. Let's take that. Let's take a minute on that. You don't even have to see the match. You close your eyes. You're like, oh, it's going to be a good match, man. It's going to be a good back and forth match. Fast paced. You might see some, some submissions, some technical moves, whatever you want to call it. But putting those guys together. That's a dream match because you had ECW versus WCW. I don't know if Benoit and RVD ever tangled it up in ECW, but when Benoit was in WCW and then WWE, all this time he's never faced RVD. So this is a major, major match at this time. Undertaker took on Test, and then we have a double main event. The return of Shawn Michaels. After four long years with the broken back, he is taking on Triple H in an unsanctioned match. Because, I don't know if it was from SmackDown or Raw or whatever it was, but basically, the guy that threw Shawn Michaels through the car window was DX, was Triple H, even though they were all acting so sad and so... Uh, unhappy that Sean was hurt, but it was revealed he was the one that did it. And they have an unsanctioned match. Sean wins with a fucking roll-up in an unsanctioned match. We'll throw that one out there. I found that interesting. Um, but then that's where the infamous Triple H with the sledgeham- uh, sledgehammer to the back uh, comes from where he's on his knees, thanking the Lord that he was able to get through another match and then right to the back of the back. Um, but the main event... You want to talk about the biggest passing of the torch at a SummerSlam of all time. The Rock takes on Brock Lesnar and drops the title to Brock. Just recently, I've been noticing that WWE on their own page on YouTube has been releasing match after match. They always do at least a match or two every other day or something like that. And what they did was a huge string of July and August of The Rock in 2002. They were just recently doing that, where he was on Raw taking on Flair, Triple H, Batista, guys like that. Not in, Again, it wasn't even just Evolution. It was just other guys that were there. And then he does the ultimate job, dropping the title to Brock Lesnar. And we wouldn't see Rock for, well, I mean, about another year or so. He came back and did the, the Goldberg thing, and then he did the Evolution versus uh, Rock and Sock. But... For the most part, he did the biggest job by handing that title off to Brock Lesnar, becoming the youngest champion in WWE history at that time. You could not be disappointed watching this pay-per-view. Really, at any point. Start at any point. Fast forward and hit stop. You'll be fine, no matter where you start. Wow, I haven't I haven't heard you say anything, man. Is your mic on? <laughs> I just I love when you you know you get passionate to re- reliving this shit. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you, your your point was perfect. That sometimes you see a card, you see it, you see how it's written out, and you're like, this can't fail. And then it fails. 
for whatever reason. You know, we don't even need to get into <laughs> Like every WrestleMania. Yeah, we're like, well, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. When you make it 10 hours long, you're bound to have a lot of filler in there. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're, in, we're, we're starting to head into to prime SmackDown uh, territory, and uh, a lot of it shines through on this card. And, yeah, you're starting to see a passing of the torch. And, yeah, like you said, everything. It just it checks all the boxes. Story progression, good in-ring work, top talent. But it's funny because, like, right after Rock goes after this, you just never see him all the way until uh, late 2003 when he starts. Or, no, I'm sorry, early 2003 when he starts to have that feud with Austin before WrestleMania 19. But at this point, he's pretty much gone out the door. So he was handing the title over to Brock Lesnar and saying, it's yours. And like you said, SmackDown, it's going to get it's gonna be interesting at this point. It's funny because I'm like, if we keep this show going for several years, we may get to this stuff at some point with our Monday Night Wars, and we're like, all right, well, now it's just Raw vs. Nitro, or Raw vs. SmackDown. If we get there. If. Yeah, we'll see. If I don't cut you off that many times anymore. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. Episode 19 is now officially in the vault. We'll see you next week for episode 20. We will be talking good shit. We, with Nightwing Analyst, we will have more of our Monday Night Wars, as we've already talked about with SummerSlam, Monday Night, uh, Monday Night Nitro, and Monday Night Raw, plus the Clash of the Champions. Probably more releases by the time we talk to you next week. My name is Professor. Uh, I did. Wow. It's twice this season. I'm the Professor. God damn. I am the Professor. Thank you so much for listening to us this week. We hope you had a good time, and as always, I bid you a farewell. And leaving us, as always, ODM is going to leave us with his quote of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good week. ODM. I'm just going to do it in my own voice. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I have had way too much meds. From this fucking tooth being pulled. I'll be goddamn. No wonder. I'm like, why is he staring at me? I'm like, go, 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 go. All right. Wow. All right. Here we go. All right. Jesus Christ. What movie are we doing this week? Well, I can't say it out loud. I know I'm fucking with you. All right. You know what? I don't think we've ever had you do this guy. And I and I think I, I could pretty much do this on the fly for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna start this over. Thank you so, so much for listening to us here on the Top of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Mark Fantasia. I bid you a farewell. And this week, ODM is going to leave you our movie quote of the week in the form of 2015 Bray Wyatt. Oh boy. You're going to get my dogs barking over this. So, Oh, let's see here. 2015 Bray Wyatt. (laughs) I just don't want the fiend. You slammed her. No yowie wowies. Sorry. <laughs> Interrupting. This is a first. Interruption on the impression and the quote at the end. I think that's a first. All right. I'll give I'll give a countdown here. 
No, count this. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> you slammed her. You dunked her donut. <laughs> you gave her a dog a sausage. You stuffed her like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. And I uh, <clears throat> got a joke for you. Ready? Kind of works with the movie. What did Kevin Sullivan say to Chris Benoit? Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Whatever, fuck off. <laughs>